listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. If you notice on the screen tonight, the title screen, there's actually a phone number at the bottom. Sorry for the long distance code. It's actually just a free texting service. And the reason why we did the free texting service was because maybe you don't want us to know who is asking the question so it doesn't come in anything else apart from a number. But if you have any questions just through what we're talking about tonight, we're going to give you the opportunity each Wednesday night to be asking those questions. So if just something even maybe that comes up tonight and you've got some questions, just begin to um, text those into that number there on the screen. And we would love to be able to answer those at the end. But tonight, again, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Say with me, the Holy Spirit. Phenomenal subject that we need to grasp a hold of. And tonight we're talking about the experience. The experience. What we're talking about, the experience, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The experience that God has for each and every one of us. And I must admit, there are some subjects that are really awesome to preach and to minister on. And and this is just one of those. Why? Because it's such a life-changing subject. It's such a subject that can change someone's life. And, and I truly believe, and from God's Word, I believe we see it. As children of God, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to operate in our lives. We need the power of God. And please, I just want you to understand throughout this whole series where we are coming from with this. Because we're not saying that if you have the Holy Spirit, you're part of an elite club. We're not saying you're VIP, that you're more special, that you're better than anyone else. Remember, God's not interested about making you better than anyone else. He wants to make you better than yourself. And God is constantly wanting to do that. But it's not an elite status. It's not something that we can say, look at me, I'm more saved, I'm more holy, I'm more spiritual. If you are doing that, that's probably proof to people around that you are not more saved and that you are not more spiritual, and that you're pretty immature, and that you need to grow up. Amen? But God never sent His promise to divide people. God never is about dividing people. So He's not saying about the Holy Spirit to divide a church, I have it and you don't, there's division. Anything and everything that God does is to unite people, to bring them together To unify them. In fact, I don't want to jump ahead, but when we will read, actually it's going to be next week, we're going to read from Acts chapter 2, that when the day of Pentecost came, they spoke in other tongues, and there were people from all different nationalities and nations who were there. And when they spoke in tongues that they did not know, it was known to other people in that area. And people heard the same thing being said by each person. And the thing they heard was they were praising and giving glory to God. What happened? 
There was something took place that united one voice, one heart, one mind. And that's what God is in the business of doing. He wants to send his promise of his Holy Spirit never to divide, but to unify his people and to make us the effective witness that this world needs. Look what the scripture says in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Here we see both the purpose and the role, I believe, or the function of the Holy Spirit in each and every one of our lives. Look what it says at the beginning. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Say with me purpose. That's the purpose. The purpose is empowerment. God wants to empower us, give power to our lives. Again, on Sunday we said, if I was to ask, or if anyone was to ask, do you want the power of God in your life, everyone would probably say yes. Because we want the power. But the problem is the Holy Spirit is the power of God. And because the Holy Spirit has been packaged in so many mistaught and misunderstood ways, we reject the power of God because we don't like the packaging it is in. So what are we going to do over this month? We're going to unwrap the packaging and we're going to find the truth of God's word, the truth of his Holy Spirit, so we can accept that, we can embrace that, get rid of the confusion, the misunderstanding, because we're going to look at exactly what God's word says. So we understand that the purpose is the power, but read on in that verse. He said, you're going to receive power, so you will be what? Here's the role, here's the function Of the Holy Spirit in our life. The Holy Spirit wants to make you a witness. A witness, in other words, it says to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. In other words, God is saying, I want to make you a witness to this entire world. So what do we know? The distinct purpose of the outpouring of the Spirit of God that we read of in Acts, that we're praying and believing for our life, is to empower the church for ministry. That's what God wants us to do. God wants us to be effective in our ministry. What do you mean by that, Pastor? We're going to plunder hell to populate heaven. Amen? That's effective ministry. It's not disputing over different things. Effective ministry is saying, hey, I want to be a witness to you. I want to be an example to you because you need Jesus in your life. And I'm not going to stick him down your throat, but I'm going to live a life and be an effective witness that will create a desire inside of you that the same change that you see in me, you can have in your life. Do you see the power and the function, the purpose and the function of the Holy Spirit? Again, it doesn't make me any more saved, but it's just an enabling power to help me in my walk with Christ. Have you ever been on a bike? Have you ever been on one of those bikes that's like a 12-speed or a 10-speed? Have you ever tried to start a bike in the highest gear? Come on now, anyone ever tried You try to pedal so hard and you're just trying with everything you've got, just what do you do? You just click down the gears and all of a sudden the pedals just go. And I think that's how it is with the Holy Spirit in our life. When we've got the Holy Spirit in our life, we can just click down the gears so there's just a a smoother, less ease in our life. doesn't mean we're not getting anywhere because we're still getting somewhere in our life. But there's maybe a greater struggle in our mind. There's maybe a greater struggle in our temptations, a greater struggle. And that's why God wants to give us the promise so we can climb the mountains. We can drop down and we can just feel the ease and the refreshing as we're going to discover through this month. Just the refreshing 
of what the Holy Spirit wants to be. Why? Because it's His promise. Say with me, His promise. His promise. And everything that God offers, guess what? It's good. If you want to know if it's good, here it is. It's always good when it's... It's always good when it's God. It is always good when it's God. And I'll say this. If you're still unsure... If you're still like, man, I I don't know. I wasn't brought up like this. My thinking, my teaching is slightly different to all these things. If you're still unsure, then begin to post your questions. But here's what I'll also say. Make a commitment to be here every Wednesday, every Saturday morning for prayer encounter, every Sunday. Make a commitment to be here. And if you miss any of the services, follow live or watch on Periscope or listen through our podcast But make a commitment that we're going to unpackage together the power for real and discover the real power of God. So everyone's going to give me a blank page, yeah? Not a blank look, a blank page. And we're going to just erase any misconceptions or misthoughts and we're going to learn from God's Word. So say with me the experience. The experience, which could be called and is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So let's read from Acts chapter 1. Verses 4 through 8. Acts 1, 4 through 8. Have we got that scripture? There it is. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and to Samaria. That's Acts, that's, that's 8. Let me go, let me grab my, sorry. It says this. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem. But he said, wait For the promise of the Father, this is Jesus speaking to him, which he said, you have heard from me. Verse 5, for John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked Jesus, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And Jesus said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I love that. Verse 7 is something that's often missed out. And I love what it says from the Message Bible. Listen to what it says in the Message. He told them, you don't know or you don't get to know the time. The timing is the Father's business. Even just last week, I've had someone text me and say, you know, I I saw something online about God's supposed to come back in October. What's the deal with all that kind of stuff? I said, false teaching. Because Jesus doesn't even know the time of the coming. Because the Bible says no man, even the Son, knows the time. But isn't it amazing, even here, the disciples are asking again almost, well, how are we going to know? When's this going to happen? What time is this going to take place? And I think it's so incredible how the Message Bible says, Jesus says, you don't get to know the time. That's the Father's business. But listen to this. But what you do get is the Holy Spirit. I love that. I don't know the time of breakthrough in my life, but you know what I get? The Holy Spirit. I, I, I don't know the time of healing in my life. But you know what I get? The power of the Holy Spirit. I don't get to know when things are going to perhaps change in my marriage, in my finances, in all these things. But you know what I get? Something better than knowing the time. I get the power that's going to sustain me 
to the time. And then it's going to what? Bring me out through the time. And it's going to bless me in my life. We get something better through the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, you will be able to be a witness for me. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to help and equip and change our lives. So what has just happened? Here in Acts, Jesus has just died prior to this. He's died on the cross. He's risen from the dead. He's alive. Jesus has spent 40 days here on this earth ministering to his disciples. Now he's preparing to leave. And the last thing he says to them as he leaves is this. Wait to be filled or be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Imagine the last final words. You know when you're trying to leave the house and the kids are at the house? And you're going through all the rules and you're going through everything. What do you say at the end? The most important thing. Now remember. If you forget anything, can you turn me down? I'm ringing a bit. Now remember. The most important thing you say to them. Why? Because you want that to be the last thing on their mind so they will remember. Jesus is leaving and he said, listen. Here's what you need. You need to wait so you will be baptized With the Holy Spirit. If there's ever a reason we need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, it's here. That Jesus said so as he was being ascended to heaven. He said, you need the Holy Spirit. That's the first term or the time the word or the thought of baptism has been used in the word of God in reference to the Holy Spirit. Which literally means to be immersed. So what is it? It's an infilling experience that happens to our lives when we ask him to baptize, to immerse us in the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. And it's an experience that we believe, and from Scripture we see, and I know from personal experience, it will take your life to a whole new level. And you can read through the book of Acts and you can see this. I encourage you, along with the book of John, St. John, read chapters 14 through 17, full of scriptures and reference into the Holy Spirit. But then in Acts, we see in Acts 2, we see in Acts 8, we see in Acts 10, we see in Acts 19, the evidence of the Holy Spirit coming with a tongue, a baptism that comes upon people. So I want to give you six key points. Tonight we're not going to cover them. Tonight we're going to do two and a half. Say with me, two and a half. Two and a half. So that means you're going to have to come back. We're going to leave you on a cliffhanger. So you're going to have to come back next Wednesday. But we're going to start looking at this, talking about the experience or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So here's the first point I want you to know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Are you ready? It's an experience that will be felt. You're going to feel it. You're going to know all about it. In fact, it's going to be an overwhelming inbreaking of God's presence upon your life. I recorded Miss Sharon White. She received the baptism on Sunday morning, and she was just absolutely glowing. Oh, it feels so good, she said. I felt a heat go all over me. It feels so good. I didn't have to put those words into her mouth. She just felt something because it's an experience that you will feel in your life. In each account, when the Holy Spirit fell upon them, you see an experience took place. Something happened in their life. Why is that? Because God's presence is something that He wants us to feel. God wants us to feel His presence. He wants us to sense and know that He is there 
with us. In fact, we were made to experience God's presence. David wrote this in Psalms 16 verse 11. He says, you will show me the path of life because in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures and treasures forevermore. Notice we were made to experience the presence of God. David said, show me the right path, the pathway of life. Why? Because in your presence there's a fullness of joy. For who? For God? No. He doesn't need the fullness of himself. The fullness of joy is for you and I to experience and to feel and to sense God's presence in our life. But I want to say this. It's more than just a feeling. Well, I just didn't feel God today. You know, we don't always feel God. And that's why our walk is also a faith walk. We have to walk by faith, the Bible says, and not just by sight on what we see. Because when it becomes all about those fuzzy, warm feelings, which are great... We can get weird and crazy because then we try to fabricate a move of God. Oh, if I didn't feel it, then God did not really work in my life. God did not really change my life. It's an experience that you will feel initially, but there will be times in your life that you may not always sense it and you may not always feel it. But you know what? It's more than feelings because the experience that comes wants to help you to live a balanced life. A balanced life. A life of balance and control and order. So I thank God. Yes, it's something when it comes initially, we definitely feel it. We sense it. We know it. I wish each and every day after that we sensed it and we feel it. We don't always, but it's still there. But that initial feeling is what reminds us of the fact that God has come into our lives. Here's the second thing that we've got to understand. Are you ready? Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. It's an experience after salvation. Say with me, after. Come on, say it loud. After. It's an experience after salvation. It's not the same thing, but it can happen simultaneously. What do I mean by that? It can happen right after. In fact, in the scripture, you see in Acts, there were times when people were saved and immediately they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It can happen like that. But it's not the same experience as salvation. Look what 1 Corinthians 12 verse 3 says. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The thought is it's the Holy Spirit's role to bring us to a place where we accept the Lordship of Christ in our lives. So what is that? Denouncing ourselves. It's denouncing our sin. It's repenting. It's crying out to God and saying, God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. You see, a lot of people want Christ as Savior, but very few want Him as Lord. They want to be saved, but a lot of people don't want to follow Him. They don't want to listen to Him. They want to still live life their own way and do their own things. I'm telling you right now, if you want to be saved, you've got to have both Savior and Lordship in your life. You've got to come under His authority and rule. Why? Because God wants to steer you in the right direction and in the right way. So what do we see? It's the Holy Spirit's role to lead us to that place of Lordship where we are surrendered under the power and the anointing of God. And that, I believe, is one of the most important roles of the Holy Spirit. Because if we're not saved, we have a problem. Amen. Amen. 
If we're not saved, we have a problem. So one of the most important roles of the Holy Spirit is to get us to a place of salvation. And thank God that He is present to help us as He draws us into a relationship with Christ. And here's where a lot of wrong teaching comes with the Holy Spirit. Because a lot of people believe that the Holy Spirit indwelling, filling, empowering your life happens at the same moment you give your life to Christ. It's not the case. The Holy Spirit brings you to that place. The Holy Spirit has to play a role in that. But to be having the liberty of total freedom with the Holy Spirit is another experience. So listen, when we ask God to forgive us of our sins and to invite Christ into our lives, the Holy Spirit is involved in every way. But listen to me again. Involvement is not infilling. It's not infilling. Look what Jesus said to his disciples. When Jesus said to his disciples, I want you to go and wait, he didn't say to them, I want you to be wait to be saved. He didn't say, I want you to go and wait for salvation. He says, I want you to go and wait for the Holy Spirit. Because he says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, notice this, he says, wait to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will have a power. Notice the difference of experience there. The disciples were already, they already had an experience of salvation. You couldn't have witnessed Christ being resurrected from the dead. You couldn't witness being a part of that in how they did without receiving that salvation experience in their life. In fact, some people believe this part of the scripture, John 20 verse 22. And when Jesus, and when he had said this, Jesus breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Spirit. A lot of people believe that was a salvation experience. He breathed on them His Holy Spirit that was leading them to a place of remission of their sins where they would surrender and give their lives to Christ. Why? Because the ultimate price had just been paid. Now through the Holy Spirit, they were able to partake in that. They were able to connect to that because of what Jesus did. Now they partook of that. They were able to grab a hold of that. But then Jesus later again says to them in Acts 1 verse 5, we just read it a few minutes ago, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall, what? You shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Notice what he said. You shall be baptized. He doesn't say you have been already baptized. You shall be. Be right there is what? It's present tense. Not already are, but that's a contradiction. It's, it's moving on. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus hasn't lost his memory. Jesus hasn't lost his mind. He hasn't forgotten what has happened earlier in their lives. This isn't even a different group of people he's talking to. It's the same people, but showing a separated or separate experience. And one that he promises, as we just read, that will be accompanied with power, enabling power, the enabling power of God to be a witness, to literally live saved. The Holy Spirit desires to give us the power that we need for daily living, 
to do the things that God has called us to do. As we read in Acts chapter 2, as they waited and prayed, God filled them and they were baptized. In fact, let's just read it. It says this, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the same thing can be seen over and over again, experienced and infilling with an evidence that took place that we can read over and over again in the book of Acts. In fact, look at this in Acts chapter 19. I love this scripture. Acts 19 verse 2. Paul has actually showed up to a group of believers who have given their lives to Christ. It's very clear that they've surrendered and they've come to a salvation experience. Look, he says to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed at the salvation experience? Did you simultaneously receive the Holy Spirit? Look what they said to him. We have not so much heard whether there is even a Holy Spirit. Very clear that they didn't receive or didn't even know to receive the Holy Spirit. Jump down to verse 6 and look. Paul said to them, it's for you. And the Bible says, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues, other tongues, and they prophesied. They were saved because Paul said, did you receive when you believed? They says, we don't know about it. And Paul explained it to them, laid hands on them, prayed for them, and the Bible says they were baptized and they were filled with tongues and they began to prophesy. Point number three, the infilling power. It's an experience evident by other tongues. There is an evidence that takes place. And I like that. I talked about this Sunday. If you were to stand in court, don't bother showing up if you've got no evidence. Because the judge is going to say, where's the evidence? Well, I don't have evidence. Well, you need to find evidence. You need to get some because if you want me to rule in your case, there has to be some evidence so what what is being said can be proven to be true. And that's what I love about God. We don't have to question whether we have it or not. There's an evidence that comes in our lives like we've never experienced before. I love Pete's testimony. I know he's probably going to share it in a couple of weeks, and so I don't want to dive too much into it. But Pete's a new Christian. He doesn't even really know. He's in a small group. Someone turns to him and says, come over here. And they went to another room and the guy said to him, have you ever received the Holy Spirit? And Pete's like, what? I don't... And the guy just began to pray and Pete fell to his knees and he just really sensed something. He didn't get that breakthrough right there and then. But when he was on his own that night, I believe it was, and he began to pray and God just began to release in him a tongue and he began to speak. He didn't know what it was. He hadn't been told what it was. Someone didn't say, to him, you've got to speak like this or you've got to speak like that. Just all of a sudden, that experience spoke for itself. Come on, on, the experience was evidence for itself. And as you read through the book of Acts, again, don't take my word for it. Read it over and over again. We see beginning in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says, And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Some people believe and teach this, that the other tongues that they spoke 
or the other tongues that we speak is a dialect or a language that is spoken somewhere in the world. And the reason why they teach and believe that is, again, from the account that we'll see more next week, but again, as they began to speak with these other tongues that were not what they usually spoke or a tongue that they knew, people from all nationalities and nations heard them speaking in their own language. I've told this story every time I've preached on the Holy Spirit, but it's so good. My grandfather, my dad's dad, Sedley, Sedley Charles Pimlock, my grandfather, he had the opportunity, he loved Israel so much, had such a heart for Israel, and finally he was able to get to go to Israel. And he was just so overwhelmed and so overjoyed with just the experience of being there that while they were in the taxi on the way to the hotel or wherever they were going from the airport, he and along with Louis, I believe it was, they just began to praise God with tears rolling down their face and began to speak in other tongues and just began to worship God. And by the time they got to the hotel, the taxi driver turned to them and said, I didn't know you knew my language. They said, we don't. What do you talk about? He says, the whole time that we've been driving, you've been speaking to me in my native tongue. Think about that. So powerful. So powerful. What were they doing? Bearing witness to Christ. And that's why it's not something crazy. It's not something, you know, that we have. It's not a tongue. It's not a language that we know, but it's not known by us, but it's definitely known by God. It's a tongue. It's a language that is known by God in each and every one of our lives. And we believe that people will, as a sign of the evidence, that they will speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives them utterance. And again, it's not something to make you weird. I don't recommend you going into your workplace tomorrow morning and just looking at your boss in the face and just speaking in tongues. And they could probably lock you up and think you're crazy. But there's a time and a place that we do use that in our own personal devotion, in our own quiet time, when we're here in church. When we don't know what to pray, the Spirit gives utterance and we can just begin to speak. When we speak, we see from Jude, it builds us up in our most holy faith. So many wonderful things that the Holy Spirit desires to do in our life. And we're just going to bring tonight to a close right there because I know there's so much more that probably so many have and maybe you've got some questions tonight and we just want to do our best if we can to answer any of those questions. Do we have any questions that have come in? Do we have any questions that anyone would want to ask or just anything like that? That would be phenomenal. Do we have any questions? Here we go. We've got some questions. Are we on? Testing one, two. Hold on a second. Can you hear me now? Testing one, two. There you go, Pete. I hear you. You can hear me? Yeah, if you turn it up. Okay, here's the question. It says, is speaking in tongues the only evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit? Is speaking in tongues the only evidence? No, there's other evidences of being filled with the Holy Spirit. I believe the way that we live, the, the way that we... Um, just everything about our life can change through the power of the Holy Spirit. But I do really believe that just that initial infilling is something that is accompanied by the fact of speaking in other tongues. But it's not the only witness or the only change. But I believe it's the evidence that we'll know that the Holy Spirit is present in our life and that God wants to speak 
and use our lives and bless our lives with that. Any other questions? No more questions. Okay. Okay. Well, let's just stand together tonight. Great question. And any other questions that you've got throughout it all, we just want to share with you our heart. We just want to open up our lives just so we can see God move in so many incredible ways and change your life. If we could, could we just have the lights down? That would be phenomenal if we could have that. And just if Trey could just come up and just play something. We just want each of you right now just to close your eyes wherever you're at right now. Because what we want to do is we're not trying to create something weird. We're not trying to create something mystical. What we're trying to do right now is just to say, God, we want you. We need you. We, we just desire you more than anything else in our lives. And God, we just want you to be a part completely of our lives. We want to surrender our lives and yield our lives completely to you. But you know what? The same way that we receive salvation is the same way we receive the Holy Spirit, by faith. It's not something I can earn. It's not something that I can merit because I cannot. But it's something that as a gift that he wants to freely give. So what do I have to do with the gift? I have to receive it. I have to take it. I have to say, God, it's mine. By faith, I receive that gift. And then what do I do? I began to thank him for that gift. And I began to, I begin to praise him. And the Bible speaks about in our innermost beings shall flow forth rivers of living water. There'll be a stir and there'll be a moving that you'll begin to sense and you'll begin to feel inside of you. And then you just yield your tongue and you just begin to let those things flow. And I know it may sound strange and you may say, hold on a second. So I've got to speak it. Yes, you've got to speak it. You've got to release that. You've got to let it flow out of you. And as you just yield your body to God, God would just touch your life. But before we pray for those of you that want to be filled tonight, I want to first stop at the most important role of the Holy Spirit. And that is that of salvation. I wonder tonight if you're saved. I wonder tonight if you're living in that right place that you've given everything to God. Because God wants you to be in the right place so He can be in His right place. Because God created you to be with Him, for Him to be in you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. When Christ is in you, there's nothing you can do. Paul said it this way, I can do all things in Christ, through Christ, with Christ, who gives me the strength. And that's what the promise is of Christ in us, working through us, will change our lives forever. So I wonder tonight if there's anyone that you've maybe given your life to Christ, but you're away, or maybe this is a first-time experience, and you're saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ. Is there anyone that you would say, that's me, would you pray for me? Is there anyone tonight? Is there anyone that we could just pray for you? Precious Jesus, precious Jesus. Okay. Precious Jesus, if that's you at the end of the service and you'd like us to pray with you, you can come forward. Just in for a few moments, if there's those of you that want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I just would like to invite you just to the front right now. Just begin to come. Just begin to come and say, you know what? I want the infilling power of God in my life. Is there anyone right now that you would say, Pastor, I, I want that. I know tonight that I need that. I want to be a part of that. There you go, Tori. That's awesome. 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 Just anyone else that would say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I I just want you to pray for me. I'm just going to believe that for my life. 
whatever it may be. Maybe it's a refilling of the Holy Spirit, just, just a refreshing, a refilling of the Spirit of God that we all need in our lives. Amen. As we're praying for Tori right now, as we're just ministering right now, can we, can we just begin to just close our eyes? Can we just begin, if we're comfortable with this, can we just begin to lift our hands to heaven? Can we just in our own ways just begin to praise God? Can we just in our own ways begin to thank God? Can we in our own ways just begin to give Him the glory? Can we just begin to give Him the praise? Can we just begin to thank Him? Can we just begin just to worship Him? Can we just let that Holy Spirit flow? Because you don't have to be in church to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be prayed for at the front to receive the Holy Spirit. Come on, the Holy Spirit can do the work all by Himself. He just kneels a life that is yielded. We yield our lives to you right now in the name of Jesus. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.